Welcome to the Falcon Fast Lane Road Trip, an extended conversation coming over from the Falcon Fast Lane commute. Today's topic, we're continuing the conversation of anxiety and depression. We have a few guests that have been involved in a discussion of this. We have Pastor Mark Havermail, along with two students, Katie and Ethan. Let's pick up on the conversation as each shares their journey through anxiety and depression. Because I see that in you as as we spend time together. Fascinating. Katie, what do you think? Does it affect how you relate with people? Um, yeah, definitely. And it definitely did, like I was talking about before. It made me just not want to communicate with people. But also to comment on what Mark and Ethan were saying, like, I've been able to see people in my life. Like, I have some close family members. And recently I was able to see, like, I, I see, like, anxiety like how it was beginning for me I've seen trails of that and being able to just show support and I also wanted to say like anyone who is struggling and you or maybe you know someone is struggling like I just wanted to like be heard Mm. and not be condemned like there's a difference between letting someone talk and then just hearing them Mm. and we've talked about that before right there's two different ways to listen yeah listening to respond and listening to um, understand. Understand. And you just wanted to be heard to be understood. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to be understood because anxiety and depression isolates you. And Mm. I self-isolated. And then that feeling of alone made me more depressed. Mm. And Ethan, you alluded to this earlier, and I I appreciate the words that you use, that you said it can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So people who isolate... And, you know, they begin to maybe self-medicate with different things. Um, and then, like, you can, it can get dark pretty fast. Yeah. Like, Mark, we had a friend who had a student who was struggling with this and didn't share with anybody. And the next thing we know, what, what, what news did we hear? Oh, yeah. It was the lost life. He took his, he yeah. took his own it's, life. It's, you know, I think if you're listening to this podcast, I think, and you don't suffer from anxiety or depression, but you know someone who is or your kid is suffering from it. There's two things I would I would piggyback on what Katie and Ethan have said. First, um, there's a great proverb, Proverbs 12, 25. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. It's very simple, but it gets to what Katie was just saying. You, you don't, you're not going to solve someone's anxiety or depression, but sometimes a kind word and encouraging word, listening and giving a kind word, and you're not going to solve the problem. And so many times as a parent, I know I want to solve my kids' problems. I want to solve my students' problems. But it says in the Bible, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And so sometimes it's just listening and giving a kind word. People minimize how important those are. Uh, the second thing I would say is you got to educate yourself on what you're going through, what people are going through. And I would recommend any parent or student or teacher who is with somebody who's suffering and doesn't understand it completely, there is a documentary, one hour, called The Weight of gold it is by michael phelps um and it's an hbo uh and it's an original documentary and it cha- looks at mental health among olympian athletes now you can't relate because most of us don't know someone who's an olympic athlete but it shows what we've been talking about ethan katie and me have been talking about with the elite olympic athletes top point zero zero one percent of athletes and it's a tough watch but by far in my 20 years of suffering with this is this one hour documentary illustrates the best the struggle that is going on within 
It's I've never seen a better description of one hour of what it is. Um, it's a tough watch. I would recommend not watching it with young kids, but it is phenomenal if you don't understand. So educate yourself on what it's like as much as you can and use kind words to cheer people up and encourage not trying to solve their problems. You know, I love, I love that you brought up that proverb. Just last week, you were with your family. And on vacation, Pastor Mark uh, is a fisherman, so he <clears throat> took the opportunity to take his wife fishing on a bass boat. And there were, there were a number of things that happened that Pastor Mark— This was a train wreck anxiety-wise. It, de- oh, no. it derailed Pastor Mark. So I get this text from him. And uh, and when when I get a text from Pastor Mark and it starts with, please pray, like I know this is a prelude to his anxiety— going off the rails, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> we won't get into all the details, but like it didn't turn out the way that he wanted it to. So so I'm thinking, okay, what can I like what can I tell him? So I tell this is what I this is what I text back to him. I'm like, well, I said, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work. And and, and he didn't respond right away, but then you responded and you're like, it Amen. was yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was just so simple. Like was, and I think that was just what you needed. Yep. Just to kind of bump you back on. Yeah, you need you need people like that, and you guys are laughing because you got people yeah. in your life that you know when it when it really hits it hard, and you know you've. And for me, I don't know about you guys. When, when I and I'm going through it's tough, but when I look in and I see how I've responded to somebody, or I've gotten upset, or I've lost it, then there's that guilt like oh, I got me again. And then if you know yeah. a couple people, you can contact right. You know a couple people in your lives, so you you contact and say, I'm struggling. Can you give me something to help me? And all it is, you want to be heard. And you want them to kind of encourage you, hey, all is not lost. Because you're in that moment, you can't see without it. But that's a that's a big thing. And you guys both have used this word vulnerability. Like, to have people in your life that you're vulnerable with, that can be a very scary thing. Because you are giving them all kinds of privilege and rights. You're giving them the privilege to know kind of these guarded aspects of your life and you're giving them the right to kind of walk through that journey with you. And Pastor Mark has done that with me. And again, like I'm an outsider because this isn't one of my struggles. But the more that Pastor Mark has been vulnerable with me, to to piggyback on what you said about being educated, the more that I've found out about how this truly affects somebody like it enables me to be a better friend to you. So, you know, to have those people that you guys can be can be vulnerable with. But when we don't have that, man, that can make things even more challenging, which is what I want to talk about next. Can <clears throat> and Katie, we'll start with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. How how did the COVID lockdowns last year and then we had we had a little bit of that this year too, the COVID lockdowns and doing school virtually. How how did that affect your anxiety and depression? So, honestly, I feel like I have a quite different experience than most people with that because it wasn't as harmful and because, well, it wasn't as harmful because I was in my Bible and that's really the one thing that's, like, kept me going. And I actually, like, starting my relationship with God and really getting into the Bible and becoming a Christian, actually my anxiety started to go away. Mm. Now I have a very, very slight anxiety now, but that is such a great improvement. And the like deeper my relationship with God have gone, the more things like my depression have gone away. And I actually like, I had so many nervous tendencies. I can think of at least like five right now. And I only have 
I think I have one that comes up very, very rarely. So from the time, <clears throat> so, that, so from the time that you started experiencing this back in seventh grade. Yes. So have you, have you become a child of God since then? Yeah. Okay. I, so that's been a pretty significant. Yeah. And with COVID. So I started reading a proverb every morning before school and like a chapter and then at night. And once I finished the book, I decided to do it again mm. and read one in the morning and then a psalm at night. Mm. And getting into that, really just starting my day and ending it with something. You know, sometimes it, Proverbs isn't always just a book of cheeriness, but sure. it was educational. It got me to sit and relax and to focus on something else. And wow. it actually made me quite happy. And then yeah. finding little things in my day to just be happy about. And one of the biggest things that helped me was doing one thing, no matter how small it was in accomplishing that in my mm -hmm. day. Like whether that was, I remember the times where like I built a tree house in Minecraft and it made me so happy to just make something that I really liked. This was during the COVID lockdown. Yeah. Okay. Or like painting or just little activities. Sure. Maybe it was, I played my ukulele. Okay. And doing that really kept me grounded. It really kept me going. But there were some moments where I was getting very sick of this and very irritable and depression started to kind of creep in and I was feeling lonely, feeling pretty sad and just like, how, my mindset was like, how long is this going to go? I mean, right. I just want to get back to like my Bible study I'm sick of my Wi-Fi being terrible and church lagging. Like I yeah. was trying to keep my routine because it kept me afloat. Right. But then when things, when I couldn't do things like go out of Bible study because my Wi-Fi is terrible. So the isolation for you became an issue. The isolation became an issue because it sent me back to the mentality of seventh grade when I was isolated and alone. And Interesting. When I was, I was anxious and sure. I was like, Self-harming became yeah. an irrational thing. Like suicide was a road I was going down. Yeah. And I would have went down that road if I hadn't come here in eighth grade and came to Bible class and met a pastor who was so influential and helped me to see that God does love me. God does mm -hmm. care about me mm -hmm. and helped me to take a second look at God that I probably wouldn't have been here without that. Wow. Huge. Ethan, how did, uh, how did you respond during the challenges of COVID being locked down virtual well, school? I think first off, I think I've been pretty blessed, um, because this hasn't been like in my whole life. This hasn't been like a prevalent, like dominant struggle for me. Sure. Uh, but when the COVID lockdowns hit, oh man, <laughs> It really hit me hard. Like Katie was saying, it kind of was just like that isolation that just killed everything. Like I'm a pretty social person. So when that outlet was taken from me, when school was taken away, when church was taken away, like it just, it, it killed my love of school and it killed like, it just completely killed my mentality. And I became that shut down shell of a person, kind of like clouded mentality, like, you're just in that moment. Mm. So, um, I mean, my grades tanked. I, 
I I can't even remember my my GPA. It, it was pretty bad. It was not four point <laughs> No, not quite. <laughs> um, but yeah, that my whole mentality just tanked, and I just wanted to be alone. And but I definitely think my saving grace for that was. You know, like Katie had said, just finding those little hobbies, those little things mm. to get you to the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like one thing I did personally is I would hop on like my Xbox and I would talk to friends. Like that was the only way I could talk to them. Mm. And that was the main way like we would hang out. And, you know, we'd we'd just play 2K and we'd I mean, we'd just be hanging out that way. And that was the biggest like probably the biggest like saving grace of the lockdowns yeah. for me was just that small outlet. Cause sometimes when you're like, when you have those feelings of depression and anxiety, it's those little things or those people that make you laugh that can help you get to that end of the day and see that it's yeah. not as bad as you think it is. It's just, it seems so much worse when you're in the moment. So just that little connection and bringing yourself out of that isolation was enough to yeah. make a pretty significant difference. Yeah, Pastor sure. Mark, we talked about that before about how this generation of students, like we, they connect social media wise, but that's still not legitimate connection. Yeah. I mean, what I think we all learned, right. Is that, you know, we, we were, we all were about texting and FaceTiming and playing video games online. And it was all great, and we couldn't wait to get to that stuff until that was all we had. Like, when we lost the complete face-to-face, like, it was cool to go home after school probably and get on Xbox and do those things when you hung out with people for six, seven, eight hours a day in person. But all of a sudden, when that's all you had, you realize that texting and all the video chatting and all the online video games is not really solid connection it's mm-hmm. connecting but it's not in the same way as in person and then yeah. all of a sudden we weren't taken it was taken away from us that was huge and i think for students i've said this a lot your generation you guys are the most connected generation in the history of the world as far as being able to connect with people across the country across the world uh, all these different things and yet statistically speaking you are the most disconnected and isolated group of, of young adults in the history of our country as well. History of the world. It, history of the world. So, I mean, literally, it's you're more connected than anything, and yet that connection digitally has left you more disconnected. And I think when you deal with anxiety and depression like we do, that when you're, nor- when you're dealing with a normal situation and you're disconnected, that can be tough. It can become deadly mm. in this situation. We have, we've all heard stories about the pandemic where people have, the suicide rates are up, all, self-harm is way up, because if you're already journey, going down this journey of darkness and, and battling within, and all of a sudden your core parts of, of relationships and, and being vulnerable are taken away, mm. people can get lost. I think what you've heard in this podcast, you can get lost battling yourself. And then if that's all you have is your room 22 hours a day, and you come down for lunch, you know, dinner, maybe a little bit of breakfast, and you never get out of your world. And that can become deadly for people like us. There's not a chance in this world that, Ethan, you came down for breakfast. There's not <laughs> no, a chance in not. this world, dude. <laughs> no, I definitely <laughs> no. missed. I definitely Listen, missed. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if you even came down for lunch, dude. Like Man. maybe an early dinner. Some days it was it was bad. I'd be getting up at like one one thirty. Of course, I I'd have my I'd have my dad come kicking down the door. He's like, "You need to get up. <laughs> you missed three Zoom classes." <laughs> yeah, uh, that, Dad, come on, we're in person. You miss classes now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Katie, let me ask you this question. Uh, and you've, you've talked a little bit about this, but how are you managing, how are you managing your anxiety and depression now? So now, um, how I'm managing really is just going to God mm. and, like I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna stop you right there, Katie, because, like, I think some people listening to this, they'd be like, "Yeah, right," but like, I 100% believe that about you. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm looking at your Bible. Your Bible's open in front of you. You got freaking sticky notes all over the place. There's not one. There's not one verse that doesn't have a highlighter run through it, which means that, you know, you've you've read those before. And in Bible class, like we'll say something, and I hear the pages. You know, I hear you looking through a you know a page. So I know that your faith is very real to you, and I know that's not just a platitude. That is something that is a lifeline for you. Yeah, um, it definitely is because that was really what stopped my nervous tendencies. Like I started memorizing scripture about anxiety. One of my favorites was always, um, first Peter. Let me, I have it right here. First Peter five, seven, cast your anxiety in him because he cares for you. Instead of like tw spiraling and twistering, just letting these thoughts pile on, pile on, pile on. And then, starting to um whether it was my leg bouncing or just like scratching in my arm a lot or instead of spiraling like that I was able to just go in my head Lord I cast my anxiety on you I know you care for me mm. and just to keep doing that and keep being grounded in that and reminding myself that this these thoughts are only temporary mm. this this is a tunnel not like a corner mm. like it may be a long tunnel and it may take me a while to get out of it but i'm not standing in a corner and i know some people it feels like that it felt like that for a long time for me sure but like i'm serious when i say like god got me through it because honestly without that like i said before i would not have been here i i heavily rely on god and getting me through just day to day is like reading my Bible, praying when I get nervous, saying things like that, personalizing verses. Yeah. My inserting I or me. Yeah. My mm -hmm. absolute favorite one is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest mm. because that's what I wanted. I felt so tired, so weary after so long. I was so over my depression. Like, can this just leave? Mm. Like, I don't want this. Can this leave? I'm sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of being sad. I'm sick of pushing away my friends. I'm sick of having no motivation to do anything yeah. besides just sit here. And I, with God, it gave me motivation, whether it was motivation to read a chapter in my Bible, sure, motivation to go to church on Wednesday nights or like, it gave God not only like rescued me on the cross with Jesus, but he rescued me from my own self, like from my own thoughts. And then he continues so daily. And I try to be a testament to that. Like if I can tell someone how my relationship with God and how just trusting in him to take care of it has alleviated so much. Mm. I want to take that opportunity. That's why I like 
I don't know if I told you guys, but like I want to be a youth pastor after I graduate. Like I really feel that's my calling because I want to use my experiences to help others going through that. Mm. And that's why I said okay to this podcast because mm -hmm. if I could use my story, my struggle with depression, with anxiety, with uh, nervous tendencies, um, I guess borderline self-harming, suicidal thoughts, like all of that. Yeah. If I can help someone with that and point them to God. Right. Like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Sure. Watch me. Yeah, exactly. Pastor Mark, I love that because like, this is something that we over the years have really encouraged students about. And I think too often it is like philosophy for us. And like, we know the legitimacy of what Katie is talking about, but to hear a student say, yeah, I'm going to God's word and God's word is impacting my life so much so that it really became like a lifeline for Katie. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's the key of what you try to communicate as a youth pastor is students to take it on for themselves. And I think the one advantage of anxiety and depression is it leaves you where the typical things don't fulfill. So like hanging out with a bunch of people can be anxiety provoking. So all of a sudden you can't, you don't become addicted to that. You, you, it keeps you from doing other things. And so you almost are exhausted from dealing with it. You're isolated because you don't really know who to relate to. And it, it narrows the window quite a bit to what you can lean on. And at that moment, there's, you lean on only the things you only have the energy to lean on the things you know are going to work. Like you don't have time to put, you know, 3000 different things out there and try to hope that one of them comes back. And so you rely on a few solid people. And in this case, like you said, her faith, she knew that if you go to God's word, you know, if that's all you got energy to do is go to God's word, that's mm -hmm. going to give you something back. Mm -hmm. That's going to support you. Um, whereas if you go to a lot of other things, they're probably aren't going to fulfill you in the way that you'll need. And, and I think when we're, when you're struggling with depression, and anxiety, like we do, um, God's word becomes a lifeline much more real than maybe if you didn't struggle with it because you'd be fulfilling, you try to fill that void with a lot of other things mm. because that aren't available to you when you're dealing with anxiety and depression because you are exhausted. You don't trust a lot of people. Yeah. And so the, this, this, the things that are normally you'd fill your life with, you know, that students get caught up with or adults, you, you, those don't work for you. Right. So I think, um, and the Bible talks a ton about it. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, there, it's all through scripture about anxiety and, having the weight of your heart and, and where to go to with that. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's great to see when the light bulb comes on in students. And I think it really comes on when you struggle with these kind of things as a student, because there's, you have to go to something that's going to work. And that's, you know, that's awesome when they come to God's word. Right. Absolutely. Ethan, how, uh, how do you manage? Um, so like kind of what Katie had said, just going to God's word, I think that can definitely be a lifeline but um, also just keeping those people, those kind of spiritual mentors, those people that know you, those people that you can be vulnerable with, keeping them closest. Mm. Um, but, I mean, again, it can be very hard to open up to people because, like Katie had kind of said, you just become exhausted. You become tired. You want You just want it to leave. And you feel like by telling somebody that, like, it's just going to be more exhausting having to explain it. Exactly. Like, I can only imagine, like, I don't want to talk about this like, again. Right Because it's been such in the forefront of your yes. mind. Like, you've been constantly thinking about it. You don't want to think about it more. Like, oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. That is spot on. That's huge. Nailed. It's like, exhausting yeah. <laughs> trying to explain yeah. it to people. So, 
<clears throat> I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, Pastor Mark. Yeah. We talked about this before when we talked about spiritual resiliency, and you really honed in on this, that it's not necessarily, as a pastor, it's not necessarily our talks. It's not necessarily the resources that we provide outside of God's Word. Of course, Katie's legitimized that. But it's exactly what Ethan is talking about. It's those relationships. Yeah, Those are key. No, I think, you know, in anything you do, whether it's ministry or in just your friendships, relationships are key. We're made for relationships, and relationships are absolutely key. And that's why, you know, in youth ministry, we had a podcast a couple weeks ago where we were talking about the youth ministry and we, how, we, you know, what we judge as success. And normally, you think a youth group's really successful. It's big, it's fun, it's exciting. Really, it's, it's measured by relationships, not your lessons or your fun games or your retreats. And it, that is even more so in this situation because – the few key relationships you have when you deal with anxiety and depression will keep you alive. Quite, uh, quite literally. Quite literally. Times. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that yeah. to be like yep. a dramatic. If you don't have key relationships of people you can go to, you're in big trouble. I can tell you right now that if I didn't have, I can name on the number of one hand two or three guys who if they were not here, I would not be here. I, I just, I, if, if the darkest moments, if I didn't have these two or three people to turn to, and Pastor Chris is one of them, um, I would not be sitting here today mm-hmm. uh, because when your moments go low in depression, anxiety, they go real low. And so that key of relationships, and yet Ethan hit it. You, you, you're so tired of talking about it. You, you know, how do you wow. develop really strong relationships yeah. when you don't want to go for the 15th time? Well, let me explain what I'm feeling. So you got these, you, you have to have these couple key relationships that they just get it. You've explained it to them. They, they, they're with you. And that's the danger, I think, the statistics you're seeing. Mm-hmm. When people can't find those few people and then they give up talking about it, mm-hmm. that's where it comes deadly. Yeah, well, you have so many like inner conversations with yourself. It just becomes so exhausting. And I think definitely keeping your relationship with God a priority because um, like first of all, you don't you don't have to explain it to him. He already knows what's going on. He already Woo! knows what that's preach such a preach. Real, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So just kind of like lifting that up to him um, can definitely help because you know you don't have to explain yourself. He knows what you're going through and he knows the pain mm. um, of what you're experiencing, and mm. he can definitely help you with that. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. I want to say like comment on that. One of the reasons why I was so like gravitate towards God was because when I I was at a point where I was just like, oh, I have no other resource. I have to. I just have to go to him. I was met with such a love and understanding, and that's what I wanted. So I was just able to – it was almost like I f- all the walls just crashed at once, and I was like, okay, you understand more than anyone. Well, and I think to to back that up, Kitty, when you, when you gave us that passage, Matthew eleven twenty eight, like – that takes on brand new, crystal clear, precious significance to you. Yeah. Because that was your reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wasn't just something that you cracked open in a fortune cookie. That was your reality. That literally was your lifeline. And definitely, like, 100%. And even before, like, I finally was at that point where I had to go to God, I had some friends, and I still am friends with at least one of those people today, where I found this group where it was other teenagers who still had in, who had anxiety and just like talking to them and I would say one of my best resources to help with anxiety was other people with anxiety because mm. then we had a specific understanding with each other like 
how Mark and Ethan were saying, like, you can see in someone's eyes. Yeah. I began to see, like, in text and language and, like, being able to, like, become friends with somebody who knew the social anxiety, who knew the just uh, borderline anxiety. Like, there's so many different types of it. Like, that is so legit because, like, there's four of us around this table right now, Mm -hmm. and three of you like have a kindred spirit that I don't have. So like there's all kinds of like head nodding going back and forth because you know, you're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm sitting over here be like, okay, when does I get an invitation to the party? Well, I tell you, I tell you a great example. Katie's saying what Ethan has said is there was a, they, uh, there was a a big conference with thousands of people there and they said, okay, we're going to do something. They said, everyone who has seen the movie, fill in the blank popular movie, stand up, you know, like three quarters of people stood up. All right. And they all looked around, gave them, they sit back down and goes, now, if you've ever lost a family member to cancer, stand up. And then, you know, you know, maybe 30% of the people stood up. And then they, they said, now you see the difference. All those people are kindred spirits. Like he, they said, they checked us out. The connection they just had, those 30% of people who stood up as they looked around at each other, they all, without knowing that each other, got it. They'd all experienced that. Mm-hmm. You didn't get that when you looked around and said, oh, I saw the same movie you did. And so that example was a powerful one in a big, um, in a big retreat, uh, you know, a big conference setting of what we're experiencing on a small setting here. Yeah, we, uh, we've all saw the new movie. That's great. We can talk about it. But now you're dealing with something that we've all, su- the three of us have suffered with in varying degrees and struggled through. That is a much deeper connection mm-hmm. than, hey, I saw the new Star Wars movie, Ethan, mm. and you, we'll talk about it. You know, now it's a different thing. And like, like Chris, Pastor Chris is saying, you, you can't see this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're looking at each other. We're nodding back and forth because mm-hmm. there, there is a connection there as soon as you emit this. Thanks for leaving me out, guys. I yeah. appreciate that. Oh, no, you do. But you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? That, that, Jerks. It's, it's, and so that is so key, though. You yeah. have to have people like that. Absolutely. That, and if, if those people, because so, some of my people in my life, they have experienced it. But guys like Pastor Chris have not. But mm-hmm. what they've done is they've been willing to learn about it. Yeah. And so yeah. that they get to play that role. But it is so key, like he said, finding people who have who have struggled with it is 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 a way, a really critical way of of managing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I Go wanted ahead. to comment on that it's not only beneficial for you, but the person, but the other person, and that because you're both recipients of it, you both have that anxiety, so you both can be there for each other, and that. Like, going back to the stats, when you gave those stats of, like, how many people struggle with anxiety, it gave me, like, that's heartbreaking, but also, you're not alone. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because it's become so much greater, which is such a sad thing, but also, looking at the positive spin, there's more people who understand it. So... What a great perspective. That's true. Like... You're not alone in this. And if yeah. someone would have told me that, like, you're not the only one who struggles with these yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And some, and there's some ways where you can say, like, oh, you're not the only one and be invalidating. Or you could say, like, you're not the only one I can. I know people who struggle. I struggle, too. In relating to someone, it already builds a connection, like, so strongly. Like, again, with the head nodding, like, we understand this. Like, we understand the struggle of depression. We understand right. the struggle of anxiety. And being able to sit here and talk about it, one, is a big step for me. And two, like, it's eye-opening to people who don't struggle to hear it. But it's also eye-opening to those who do struggle and who 
now we're realizing I'm not the only one. Absolutely. You know, uh, you guys, you guys are much too young to have experienced this at, just as Americans, but we've had, you know, we've had in my lifetime, we've had three significant, four significant wars. So we have these men and women now that are coming home and they're suffering from PTSD and they're suffering in silence. And they think that they're the only ones, exactly what you're talking about, Katie. And they go really dark really fast, you know, and they start doing the self-medicating. And then they, they, they uh, are considering options that really shouldn't be options, like taking their life, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ethan. Oh, I didn't have any. Oh, I, I appreciate what you say, Katie, about how you can help each other. I, I do want to take a moment to say, though, there may be people that that's not enough and they, they may need clinical intervention, right? Like they may actually need to talk to somebody who's a professional and maybe for a time they may need to be, to get on some medications that's going to help them get through, you know, a particular hard season. So, and there's no shame in that either. Exactly. Like I was someone who had tried the medication, but it didn't work for me, mm-hmm. but if medication works for you, like my brother struggles with a very heavy depression uh-huh. and uh, he has medication and it works for him. It's good. And medication, there is no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Like if you have to, if that's what helps you, that's, that's a good thing. You don't have to be ashamed of doing that. Like, um, I just, it seems like a little random bit, but I want to mention it. I was looking for a stick. Wait a minute. Something random from Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan, does that surprise you at all? Okay, well... Not really. Not really. Okay. Sorry, okay. Katie. <laughs> well, I was looking for stickers, and I found one that was... Um, it was this little pill bottle, and it said, just because I have to take these doesn't mean I love Jesus any less. Interesting. And it wow. made it made me think, like, that is so true. Yeah. And depression for anyone, please, like... If that's what helps you is getting the medication for that, please do that. Yeah, because I mean, I've learned this from from you, Pastor Mark. Like sometimes it is legitimate chemical, right? It's physiological. Yeah, I mean, mine was it was there was a chemical imbalance and that caused the whole thing. And some of it wasn't. It was is it came off of that. But yeah, you have to deal with the chemical. Um, you know, the, just like anyone, maybe someone who's diabetic doesn't have the right amount of, of a certain level on them. So they have yeah. to get insulin. And, and it's, again, it's just, it wasn't as accepted as it was today back then. And so, you know, obviously you would not make fun of a diabetic who has to take some kind of, you would never do that. Right. Uh, or someone with a heart condition taking heart medicine. It's mm. the same thing, but it's just, you have to re-educate people to that because they still, if you explain what it is, um, they, they still kind of look at you like, what? Yeah. Even though it's much better than, I mean, the difference in the last 10 years is unbelievable. In the last five years is unbelievable compared to what it was when I was diagnosed in 97, 98. It was, it was, a, it was a whole different world. Yeah. Like, you just did not say anything. And so you were left to struggle on your own. And so I think it is good to have that communication out there. It is okay to see somebody. It is okay to take medicine under, under the direction of a doctor. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and there, there, there's, there's issues. That's why you have to have a doctor watch for that. And you also have to have a counselor. Um, uh, and I think this is important as if you're listening, you're a parent or a teacher, 
it, there's this thing they always used to teach us in seminary called refer, refer, refer. Yes. yes. Do not be the expert. If you're a, if you're a student listening to this and you got a friend who's going through it, you can play a role in that. You mm -hmm. cannot play the role in that. Mm -hmm. uh, know when you're out of your depth and get someone to see someone professionally. Yeah. And, and that that's a, that's a key thing. And as a parent. That's hard because you have to say, I can't solve my kids' problems. Right. And that's okay. You, you can be part of the solution. You're just not the whole solution. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just a more, couple more questions as we round the uh, round the bend here. Uh, how has being a part of Livingston Christian Schools, how has that helped you guys in managing this? Katie, we'll start with you. Um, it, Coming to LCS actually really helped me because – I came here eighth grade year and that was when it was super heavy and I come in, I come into my Bible class, like, okay, what's this going to be like, you know, in my head. And we had a pastor who taught here. He no longer teaches here. Um, I'll just call him pastor K. So he really was able to help me see a new light. Even though I'd grew up as a Christian, he helped me to see God in a new light. And he actually got me very intrigued, and he was, he definitely was there for me and allowed me to, like, talk to him after class and pray with me. And those were little things that really helped me to see, like, I'm not alone. There's people that do care about me. And that also gave me the confidence to say, like, if I need help, I can go get it. Mm. And I talked to a therapist for a while, and it did help. And, um... Like, LCS was really, like, a catalyst into my relationship with God into and into helping me with my anxiety and my depression. And I'm really thankful for that because I, I, I don't know if I would really even be here. Like, when I was 12, I had it in my mind that I'm not going to make it past 18. Wow. I'm just going to so, someday. Yeah. But... Here I am, almost 17, and I have plans for my life, and, like, I'm excited to go to college. I'm excited to live life, and I'm excited to experience, even though there may be moments where I'm anxious again. There may be moments where I'm depressed again, but I have avenues, and I have people who care about me. Mm. I have relationships. I know that I can seek help. If that time ever comes again, I know I'm not alone. Yeah. Absolutely. And LCS actually helped me realize that. Fantastic. Ethan? Um, I definitely think, like we had said before, how relationships are key. And I think that LCS has definitely helped me develop those relationships and find those people that I can keep close and that I can mm -hmm. talk to and mm -hmm. that I can seek help from. Um, yeah, just so that you can seek help for that. Um, yeah. Great. Final thoughts, and I've I've got a question that are going to kind of <clears throat> hopefully corral these final thoughts for you guys. <clears throat> we gave some pretty staggering statistics at the beginning. What would you guys tell people that are struggling with this um, and don't know what to do? So what would you tell a classmate uh, or somebody that was close to you guys' age? What, what would you tell them um, as kind of a help or a next step? Ethan, uh, there is a way out. Um, it'll get better. And that way out definitely isn't taking your own life or going mm -hmm. to the extreme with that. Because like 
I had been saying before, like it can seem so real in that moment and it can be so intense. But when you're, once you're out of that, once you're looking past that, you can see like a whole new light, kind of like what Katie had said, you can be excited about things and like seems things can just seem so much brighter to you. Mm. So they're, I mean, just seeking help, seeking help from God, seeking help from those people that are close to you. Um, that, that can definitely help. And you know, there's, there's a way out. It, it'll get better. Fantastic. Katie. I would just thinking about what I would say, like I'm thinking about what I would have said to myself at that time. And the number one thing I would have said is you are not alone. Mm. And just cause you have these thoughts doesn't mean that you're less than anyone else. Mm. Just cause you struggle doesn't mean that you're worth anything less. Mm. And you're not worthless. You're loved. Mm. And to anyone struggling with that, if you really look at yourself and feel like I need help, it's okay to get that help. Wow. Huge. Huge. Pastor Mark, those are big words for a big subject. Do you have final thoughts on uh, on this issue? Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're listening to this, there's, there's probably uh there's probably a few camps you're in. Uh, either you've been listening to this and you're going, "That's that's me. I'm struggling with this." And then, uh, and uh, I've I've told some people I don't know what to do. And so hopefully you got some maybe ideas of what you can deal with it. Uh, some of you are listening to this and you've you can identify those and you've never told anybody you're feeling with this way. Um, and for those who are in that camp, I think what Katie and Ethan says exactly: or you need to talk to someone. You need to connect with people. You are not in this alone. And the best way to find out you're not in this alone is by talking to someone. Talk to your parents. Talk to your friend. Talk to someone. The danger is when you don't talk to people about it. Um, and another group of people are people who have someone who's going through it that they know. They don't suffer, but they, they're, they're experiencing that. And, and so the, hopefully you hear the same thing from them is from their side is you need to talk to them. You need, you need to gauge them. You need to learn about it. You need to talk with them about it. Encourage them. And and. Parents, if, if you know you got a student who's going through this, um, you know, engage them, talk with them, don't judge them, help them make sure they don't feel like they're alone. Um, and, uh, and the conversation, relationships, I think Ethan said at one point, relationships are key. They're absolutely key uh, in any life, in, in any, any person, any life, but relationships dealing with this keep you alive. Quite literally. Quite literally, yep. uh, your relationships. And so if you're suffering with it, Open up into relationships with people, and if you know someone who's struggling, engage them in a relationship because relationships are key to not getting in your own world wow. and and suffering. Yeah. So, Paul tells us in Philippians chapter four and verse six, he says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving, excuse me, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." Quite literally, Paul is talking there about don't not trust in God. That's where that that's where that anxiousness can come from. So I think you guys have done a masterful job of being vulnerable with us today. I can't thank you guys enough for sharing your stories. Uh, Katie, you alluded to something that that um, that struck me. You know, you said uh, I've gotten to the point where that's why I said that I would come on this podcast. So I think that there is a there is an incredible amount of bravery that you guys have shown. We gave those st statistics at the very beginning of this podcast. One in three girls 
one in five guys struggle with this. You guys are bumping into people every single day. We bump into people every single day, Pastor Mark, the students that we work with who are struggling with this. So I think that we need to be aware of it. Uh, I think that uh, we need to get way past you know, shaming people. I would think that that would frustrate the living daylights out of you guys. If you guys were shamed uh, or if other people would shame somebody, you know, who uh, is going through something like this. We have an amazing community here at Livingston Christian Schools. I love to hear you guys talk about how, um, you know, Katie, you said quite literally, you know, being here, you think maybe literally saved your life. Uh, and I, I love that we have a community like that here. This is not a perfect community. You know, we still have people who say dumb things. I say dumb things. You guys say dumb things. Well, maybe maybe Katie doesn't say dumb things. <laughs> oh, not as much. <laughs> not as much as me or us? No, I was just saying me in general. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the look on his eyes when I pull, held his feet <laughs> to the fire there? <laughs> No, but this is a this is a community where people can can come and they can be cared, they can be loved on. Uh, this is a community that's special, and um, I hope that you guys continue to um, put this before God. I hope that you guys continue to be ambassadors for this. I really appreciate uh, your sharing your story and how you guys have dealt with it and continue to deal with it, Pastor Mark. Um, you, uh, you, you have changed my entire perspective on this topic. And quite frankly, our relationship is one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this because we talk about this quite often. It is something that Satan can put us in bondage to. And it's something that, uh, we've said this before, it can go, it can go really dark, really fast. And we don't want anybody to needlessly suffer in this. So if this is something that you suffer with, uh, you have absolute permission to talk to any of the four of us. Uh, talk to your parents. Talk to your youth pastor. Talk to your teacher if you're a student here at LCS. Get the help that you need. There's no shame in that. Um, Satan wants to divide us. He wants us to be isolated. He wants us to suffer uh, quite literally in silence. And uh, we, we just don't want that to be the case. Uh, so it's perhaps been a, a, tough to- a tough topic to talk about today, but I think it's a topic that needs to be addressed, and I appreciate uh, your guys' perspective on that. We wish you all the best. Uh, you guys are awesome students. You're awesome ambassadors uh, for what God can do in and through people who would submit to him. And uh, you guys are a fantastic face of LCS. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys, have a great day.